0: Good morning thanks for being with us today as we uh, continue in James. It's good to be with you today as we uh, as we unpack this book and today I want to do something a little different. Um, we're gonna spend a little bit more time today and, and tomorrow or today and I guess Monday um, we're gonna spend some time um, a couple days with this passage at least two days we may even spend longer. Because this passage we're going to read this morning, um, James 2.14-26, um, I think be one of the most important passages in all the Bible, but it's a passage that we need to really look at and really think through, because th- this pulls in the Old Testament, this pulls in uh, our faith, it pulls in a lot of things. So I, I really want to Honestly, today, um, really fixate on verse nineteen, kind of as a big, it's a big picture, and then Monday, kind of spend some more time with the rest of the of the of the passage. So let's read, let's read fourteen through twenty six. Um, but we're going to really, like I said, today, really fixate primarily on verse nineteen, and then we'll we'll spend some more time the next day or so unpacking this whole passage. What good is my brothers? And sisters, if you say you have faith but do not but do not have works, can faith save you? If a, if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and you do not supply their bodily needs, of what good is that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Okay. That's that's a lot right there in it. That that's a lot. But some will say, You have faith and have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will buy my work, and by my works I will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active all along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus Scripture was fulfilled. When it says, Abraham believed God it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see, a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay, that right there, we could spend, I don't know, the rest of our lives <laughs> talking about that. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Okay, so we're going to spend some time next week really looking deeper at this passage here. Like, really, because there's a lot of Old Testament stuff here. We need to talk about soteriology or the process of or the order of salvation, uh, what that looks like. This is, um, there are broadly, and we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll really unpack this more next week. There are broadly two. Christian perspectives on this notion of faith and works in terms of what it means for salvation. And there there's the the notion of the fact that um, God saves us through no effort of our own. Uh, that's more of a Calvinist perspective um, that we don't do. I, I think it was William. I, I I think it was William Carey, but I may have this wrong. No, maybe it was Spurgeon. It was Spurgeon or C- Carey. That said, the only thing you contributed to your salvation is the sin that made it necessary. So That's very much like you got nothing to do with your salvation. It's all God's grace. You have nothing to do with it, and that's true. Except that we have to receive it. We 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 Wesleyans believe in free will, so grace given that's not received doesn't save us. God will not. We don't believe God will save us over our, our own choosing. God would. If we choose to reject God, God will let us make that choice. So we must we play a part in that. We no, we don't save ourselves. We're saved by grace through faith like someone can boast. But we must respond. For if we don't respond or participate in it, then we aren't we can't be saved. So we're gonna talk about that. There's like I said, there's two broadly Christian perspectives. One's the more Calvinist fan, which is you, you, We don't do anything in the salvation. God's grace is everything, and we don't even have to participate in that part. And the more Wesleyan perspective is God saves us without a doubt, but we still must respond to his offer and that we, have a, we participate in the accepting of that. And then we'll talk about salvation in terms of justification, in terms of sanctification, and how our works play into that. But we're going to spend more time with that tomorrow. I mean Monday, rather. Maybe even, depending on how that goes we may we may we may be here for a couple of days because it's such an important passage to me. But I want to fixate now on um, verse nineteen. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the devils, even the demons believe and shudder. Um, I wanna talk about what salvation is, or what faith is. We we've made a mistake, particularly in the Protestant church I'd say, in terms of what it means to be to have faith. We believe that so often that faith is simply intellectual agreement. That faith is simply um, an agreement to a set of facts. So, yeah, I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I, I affirm the creeds. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he was died upon the sin the cross for our sins. I believe he was physically, bodily resurrected. I believe that he is of one nature of, with the Father as can. Put forth in a Nicene Creed. I believe he was resurrected. I believe he ascended. I believe he return. I believe in all these things. I, I can affirm these key doctrines of the faith. I believe these things. I have faith in these things. We've mistaken intellectual agreement for faith. James today says, and I love this, he says, You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons believe. You know who believes, right? The devil. I mean the devil's got great theology, y'all. I mean the devil was they when all this is written. And the devil believes, right? You believe that God is one? The demons believe. Yeah, the demons believe. Not, is that not what it says? You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe. So faith is not simply belief in an intellectual concept. Our belief in an intellectual statement. That's not faith, y'all. That's intellect. We're not saved through intellect, we're saved through faith. So faith is not simply believing a statement. Faith is not merely an agreement to a statement, but faith is a life that has surrendered itself completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The gospel is this Jesus is Lord. That's the gospel. Jesus is Lord. It's not simply enough, y'all, if we're gonna be honest and go with what James is telling us, what the Bible teaches us, is not simply enough to believe that Jesus is the Son of God intellectually. It's not n- merely enough to just do a checklist and say, I believe this intellectually. I agree with the statement. I believe that statement is true. I, I, I agree with that presupposition. I affirm that doctrine or that statement. The devil believes too. Um, One of our professors in seminary used to always say, Dr. Bryant, he used to always say this, and he attributed this quote to Wesley You can be as orthodox as the devil and just as righteous. the, The devil's got great theology. The devil believes. He does. He believes. He believes right. But he doesn't obey, he doesn't follow. He has not submitted his life to the Lordship of Jesus. And that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to have faith. And that's, we see the faith here, that faith will have works. It isn't just enough to have intellectual agreement that Jesus is Lord. But what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have faith, is to submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Not just intellectual agreement. Not just intellectual agreement. Y'all, it's more than that. And so often we've made it just intellectual agreement. And y'all, that's not faith. It's not. It's not simply agreement to a statement of facts. It's submitting ourselves to Jesus. You say that God is one, you do well. The devils believe. The demons believe. They shudder. (laughs) They, 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 They shudder at the holiness of God. What about us? Have we submitted our lives to the lordship of Jesus Christ? That's what this passage is talking about. It's living a life not of intellectual agreement, but of submission to Jesus as Lord. So, we're going to unpack this passage some more the next few days. I think it's just such a powerful passage. We're going to unpack it and really spend some time here. We really need to really hone in on what it's teaching us. But um, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons believe. Today, maybe not just agree intellectually that Jesus is Lord, but maybe submit our lives to the Lordship of Jesus. Thanks for being here. See, now you see I love, James. Man, James gets all in our business, doesn't he? I mean, James doesn't play around. He gets in our business. So today, maybe submit to Jesus. Maybe we live out his life. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll um, we'll see you bright and early Monday as we continue in this passage. Have a great day.